Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Well, many of us have set up our New Year's resolutions and we're working on that. Have you thought about this, a New Year's intention? Call it that as opposed to calling it a New Year's resolution. Different way of looking at it and potentially a different way of sustaining it, keeping keeping that goal in the forefront as opposed to just giving up like many of us do about a week and a half in. We're going to talk about that and more. And he is a happiness pro, helps people all the time as a personal concierge, lifestyle manager. He's a founder of Task Pro, but he's also an amazing author. And we're going to talk about his book and, and everything that he offers. Nathan Hickman is back with us. Hey, Nathan, how are you? I am doing awesome, Steve, and glad to be back from the holidays. It's great to have you back here. Happy New Year, by the way. Yeah, Happy New Year. Gosh, it's been two or three weeks, so I, I've forgotten about you, Steve. I needed <laughs> to get back. <laughs> I needed to get back in touch. I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad we're talking about this. And I, it's funny because the word intention has been on my radar for the past couple of weeks, maybe month, in terms of how I view things. Uh, even even meditation. Somebody told me that, oh, yeah, well, if you want it to work, you really should set an intention for it. So interesting how we take the word resolution and substitute that for intention. Uh, how does that make things feel and look different? Well, first and foremost is I I come up with and you know I've heard the word intention before so it's not my it's not my word but it, it's in my vocabulary of some of the learning I've done and I say that because I am a horrible New Year's resolution I always want to uh, diet I want to exercise like you I want to meditate more and things fall off of our radar and I think things fall off of our radar because we just get so busy it's almost like you know, when you have an important document or something you need to bring to work with you, you like set it in front of the door. So like you have to open the door or when you open the door, you're going to hit it. So then there's no way you're going to forget it. But then what ends up happening is you then still forget it because you step over it and then you step over it for so long that you completely forget that it's even there. And so that's how I see resolutions. And I see setting an intention and setting an intention is something that we just need to choose something in our life. And, and my goal uh, as a happiness pro is I'm, I'm obsessed with quality of life. And I think that the world at its pace is unsustainable. And I feel like we need to be able to get back to our roots. And that is to be able to take time to be. And so as Task Pro, my tagline is take time to be, not to do. And I want us to work hard, but I also want us to play hard. And I, again, I think that at its current pace, the world is unsustainable. So you're set up for failure with your resolutions because there just isn't enough hours in the day when you're going from place to place to place and your job requires you to work 12 hours a day and you got to sleep eight so, you know, where does getting ready and eating and taking care of the kids and all of those things come into place? And so I think we, or I'm going to at least set the intention that I want to be able to focus more on me 
and focus on taking time to be. Mm. What, let, let's break that down for just a second. When we, when we talk about take time to be and not to do, uh, what, how do you mean that? What do you mean by that? Well, I think we need to slow down. And so maybe that's, we're not involved in everything. And, um, you know, we, we, you know, again, it's, we've talked boundaries in the past, Steve, and it's hard for us to say no. Sure. And that's really everybody. And so maybe we don't go to the party this weekend and we take some time on a Saturday night and are just at home either with ourselves or by ourselves. You know, as I went through my mental health journey, Steve, cause I, I'm single and live by myself. And, um, I felt like I always had to go be out doing something. I had to find someone to do something with or go with, or if I wasn't doing something, you know, on a holiday, or if I wasn't doing something on a Friday or Saturday night, there was some guilt and, and Mm -hmm. felt bad. And as I worked through therapy, I realized that it wasn't about me not being connected to the world. It was about not me not being connected to self. And once I realized I was connected to self, I was able to be free of having to do all of this stuff and really just focus on me and be comfortable with me. And so we, we need to start really saying no to things. You know, your work requires you to work 12 hours a day and um, you have kids that are in all kinds of events. And then, then the weekend comes and, and you offer your neighbor to move. And then you have that party to go to on Saturday night. So you got three or four things in them. You know, you got kids basketball in the morning. Then you're moving your friend in the afternoon. Then you got a party or something to go to in the evening. And then your weekend's gone and you're just trying to recover on Sunday. At some point, we need to just be able to say no. Mm. And we need to say it's more powerful that I'm able to take care of myself. And I think there's a, it's twofold when you take, when you say take care of yourself, because I see it as a self care and quality of life and being able to relax. But I also see it as if we're so busy doing, when are the, when are we having the time to reflect? And if we're not taking the time to reflect then there's no way that we can get to the place where we want to be. And I'm going to give an example. I worked for my parents for a lot of years and worked a lot of hours and, and I loved what I did. And and so I, I won't take that back, but then life happened and I went out into corporate America and was just working weird hours. I worked from like 12 PM to 9 PM or 10 PM and really had no life. And it took me leaving that job and realizing it wasn't for me. And fortunately, I had the ability to be able to take some time off. And I took that time to reflect on what would become of me. And that's when I started Task Pro, which is my passion. And that's what started Take Time to Be. That's what started my healing journey that has been probably gave me my life back, Steve. And that's when I was able to write the book and write my blog and become a professional speaker and now be here with you, Steve. And if I wouldn't have taken that time off and away and just been lost in thought on what life should be for me or what I would like it to be for me, I would still be doing the daily grind. Mm. Uh, Why do you think, and I can completely relate to what you're saying in terms of us worrying about always being busy, got to be busy. I feel 
many of us are afraid to confront ourselves and maybe a fear of missing out that, oh, well, other people are hanging out, but I'm not, but that's okay. But we don't look at it that way. You know, what are your thoughts? What are your feelings on why many of us don't value our quiet time as much as we should? I, again, I, I, I just go back to uh, my experience with learning that it was my connection to self. And when I became connected to self, I could go out to dinner on a Friday night or a Saturday night, sit by myself, eat, enjoy, and not worry about the table next to me that's laughing and having a fun time with loads and loads of people. Or I could go to a concert by myself, or I could go to the movies by myself. And I really feel like so many of us are not connected to who we are and connected to self. And that that is where the fear of missing com- missing out comes in because we're looking for external things to give us pleasure. Yeah. And that's, that's the real challenge is we have to be able to, to find pleasure inwardly. And most of us are, are really looking for outward stimulus, friends, events, et cetera. And, and I'll give a good example because it was before I was again, really on my healing journey and connected to self is um, I would look to this wonderful event, you know, I'd have this concert or I'd have to have, you know, uh, you know, maybe a date or, or maybe have someone to go out with or look forward to. And then it would happen. And then there would be this almost letdown because I had hyped it up so much in my brain that it really never met my expectation. And sometimes I'd even find myself halfway or a quarter way through it saying, now this is it. It's going to be over in a little bit. And then what do I have? And that that's just not a good way to live. And I'm not saying that we don't want to go out with friends and family and, and do things. I'm just saying that at its current pace, it seems unsustainable. And I, I had this digital, I thought, I thought of talking about this today because I have this digital picture frame. I'm an art collector. My parents got me started. And I have a digital uh, frame that's connected to museums around the world. And I have the Mona Lisa up right now. And if you swipe up, it gives you a little bit of history of, of the Mona Lisa. And I didn't realize that Leonardo da Vinci had done that back in the 1500s. And that was really around the peak time of the forethought of things to come that would be. And what makes what made me think about this is at that point in time in life, there was less stimulus and less not necessarily chaos, but there was more time to reflect and have thought and just sit around and have uh, discussions and things like that. And that's where real growth and transformation was able to take place. And so we really, the the pace of our world seems so unsustainable and I feel it. I, I had to be out the door early. I typically like to leave later than rush hour because people are driving so fast because they want to, they want to make a 20 minute trip and 18 minutes to work because they're rushing out the door. And then that's how, the, how they're starting their day. You know, I, I said it, if I'm leaving at seven 30 in the morning, I get up at five 30 and that way it gives me a couple of hours to be able to get myself composed and ready and relaxed and not feel rushed. And so I, again, at its face, the world seems unsustainable, the pace of it. You, I I love the fact that you discovered 
what makes the difference in terms of us going within and realizing that. Because I went through it myself, got to be honest with you, you know, some changes in life. And, and but I got to tell you, sometimes it's great hanging at home doing nothing. <laughs> it's like one of the best things. I, I, I truly enjoy it. I didn't, though. There was a time where I did, where I, I did exactly what you said, was worried about uh, hanging with other people. Let me make plans. Let me have a full schedule. It's so nice not to have a full schedule. It's refreshing, actually, just hanging around doing nothing. Yeah, I and I and you know again as we said intention. My intention is to never have completely full days. I have learned that my mental health is better if if I'm not doing back to back to back to back things. It feels overwhelming, and I would like to say that I'm probably not unique when somebody at the last minute calls or texts and says, Hey, uh, something else came up. How about if we reschedule and you kind of have that sigh of relief, like, Oh, gee, I really needed this anyway. I I didn't even necessarily want to do it, but I just felt like I had to. And so I do think people like you and me, Steve do like to have some Saturday nights or a Friday night, or even a Tuesday night at home, by yourself, being able to just relax and, and decompress. Yeah. I, it actually happened to me this past Saturday. Um, had plans with a friend. She wasn't feeling well. So that's, you know, okay. Uh, then a bunch of other friends, they were all going out somewhere. And it was also lightly snowing for the first time, like literally here in the New York area uh, this season. And then I'm looking at, hmm. Then people started dropping out of going out because they didn't want to go out in the weather. I'm like, this is great. I'm going to stay home. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to clean a little bit. I'm going to watch a little TV. And it was wonderful. Wonderful. So sometimes, yeah, we do need that time, you know, to be, I guess, take time to be. That's what it really comes down to. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And again, I really want us to focus uh, this, uh, this year or, or I'd like, you know, myself to set the intention. I'd like others to set the intention that how do we find more space in our life so that we can focus on quality of life? And also how can we find space so that we can be able to reflect on what we want our life to become? And if we're not taking that time to do that, and I'm not saying you have to be the president. I'm not saying you have to run the company. I'm not saying you have to start a company. I'm just saying, what do you want your life to look like? You know, my brother is a perfect example. You know, he had special needs, had to learn to walk four times in his lifetime Mm -hmm. by all measure, by all measurables, by the world in terms of complex job titles and work and, and cars and houses and a wife and kids. Yep. Oh, I, something, something started playing there and I don't know what that was. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's okay. It kind of, it kind of, it kind of fit in with what I was saying. Like, yeah, that is kind of a gooey, gooey, cheesy way to live. You know, really to, to have to live by all those measurables. And he had greater quality of life than anybody will ever know. So I'm not saying we have to solve the world's problems. I'm saying let's find what makes us happy. Why and do you think you, his? If, I want to really go there, and I know you've spoken yeah. about him before, and. Um, I understand and I understand more and more when you, you talk about him, but why do you think he was able to nail that better quality of life? How did that all happen? It's because he was able to 
focus on what he did have and he could do. So there wasn't this fear of missing out or that I couldn't do it. He focused on uh, living in the moment. So it was never about Mm -hmm. yesterday or tomorrow. I don't think he really gave a lot of thought to tomorrow. And he never looked back and said, oh, I had a stroke and now I can't walk. And I feel sorry for myself because I had this stroke. I'm sure there's moments of frustration and, and anger. Uh, but really, by and large, he, he, you know, took himself by the bootstraps and learned to walk again. And that was his focus and his priority. And so if you're able to, if you're able to have an attitude of gratitude like he did, gratefulness literally rewires the brain because it can take us out of all of this negative. And if we can focus on what we do have and, and can do versus what we don't have and can't do, then there's a huge shift in perspective and living in the moment. I know it's, it's, it's a hot, you know, one of those hot things that people are talking about meditation and mindfulness, but I can't stress enough that I have lived it. I've lived learning to live in the moment and my life is radically changed from it. If you saw me 10 or 11 years ago, I'm unidentifiable in the way that I think and am in the way I uh, work through the world. Mm. And so living in the moment and just being grateful and just focusing on what Nathan's able to do. I know there's certain things I can't do. I can't be a doctor. You know, I can't, so I can't, there's certain things I can't do. I, I it's hard for me to be to places early in the morning. It's hard for me to have a packed schedule. Uh, so I set myself up for success by knowing what my weaknesses are and then being able to, to set my schedule or set my life around what gives me success. And then that then brings me extreme quality of life and, and it makes it so that I'm not, uh, you know, nervous on Sunday nights. I mean, I I would like to, uh, if I was in a group of people right now, I'd like people to raise their hand and say how many of us by sunday afternoon are already worrying about the week coming ahead Mm. and i'm not doing that because i'm living the moment and i'm not saying i I, a know i set my week up for success and b i'm not going to worry about those things that are to come because things just have a way of working themselves out and that's purely by me changing my focus would you say it's safe to say if somebody is exactly the way they were 10 years ago, it's probably not a good thing. I, I would I would have to agree that there has to be some level of growth mm. no matter what. I have a mindfulness teacher, and she is also my therapist, and she also uh, does just a ton of stuff with mindfulness, and, and, uh, and she's always studying something to be her better self. Yep. And so right now, you know, she's got this skill set that is beyond most people's capability. You know, she can go and meditate for 30 days, you know, and most people of us can't sit for, for a minute. And, and, um, but yet she's learning about emotions and because she's still, despite having all of these tools and all of this huge toolkit, she still struggles in life, Steve. And, and no matter what, like I, I've had transformational growth that is beyond anything I could ever imagine. And I still struggle, Steve. 
And so I continue, I continually have to build that toolkit. And that's why it's probably easy to say that if you're the same as 10 years ago, that might be a problem because ideally, um, life changes, the world changes, we change, our situation changes. We need to be continually building our toolkit on how we want to live our life and what types of tools we have to make sure that we have quality of life. I I completely agree with you, Nathan. I really do. Uh, And I'm glad, not that I wanted you to side with me (laughs) in that mentality, but it's, it's fine if you're the same person in terms of your values, maybe some of your morals and things like that 10 years ago as you are today. And where I'm going with that is just being a good, kind person. If you're still doing that, fabulous. But the self-awareness, your intentions, your goals, I would imagine if they're exactly the same, you're not thriving. You're just surviving. You're not really moving your life forward. When I think back 10 years ago, when I think back three years ago, radically different, radically different game changer. Um, and like you said, better sense of yourself, who you are. Um, but you can't, I don't feel you can do it alone. It takes other people to, uh, put the mirror up in front of you, maybe, um, just show you maybe a different view of things. Um, and that's where somebody like you comes in and even, even your books, you know, to help us realize, you know, what, what, what's going on in our heads. We have to have something wake us up so that we have enough self-awareness because if it's always about somebody else and somebody else is always the problem. And if you did this, if I only did this, if I only did that, or if this person did this or this person did that, and my life is a struggle because my boss is, is a problem or my coworkers are a problem. And that's always the situation. Sometimes I'm sorry to say you have to work in inwardly and say, a, could I potentially be not doing something the right way? Or B, is do I need to change my situation? And I just, it hurts for me to watch people just go through the motions. You know, again, we had a whole podcast about my coach, Jim Stickney, and he taught me back 30 years ago in uh, two-a-day football practice, don't go through the motions And so many of us are just going through the motions. And the biggest way to start to kick out of that is to start to have some awareness. Mm. And when you, when you can have the awareness that, Hey, maybe I started that conflict or maybe that was my problem, or here's the things that I really need to work on to have a better life versus saying only if my boss was better or only if my coworkers treated me with more respect or only if I had less work, you know, we have to have the awareness of, of, of what our problems and challenges are and what it's going to take for us to grow. And then what it's going to take for us to have the courage. Maybe we have to change our situation. And I know that that's really, really hard, but I, I really, I really hurt for people that are just, just living life. And um, not really, when you look back on it, you're, it's almost like when you're driving in the car and you get home and you're like, gee, I don't remember anything. And I don't want us to get to the end of our life and and say, gosh, what happened? You know, and my brother passed away. It'll be January 16th, this coming up here, uh, 10 years ago. And I am blessed to say that I am at complete peace with the loss of him because there were no regrets. We lived with intention. We lived in the moment and we all, we both knew what we meant to each other. 
And that type of gift is something that no one can ever take away from me. So let's not just be in the driver's seat, driving along and not paying attention to what's going on. Uh, I just don't want that from any, I don't want anybody to have that burden. Well, you said it before. Sometimes it takes a moment or a situation to wake you up to that. And I believe that that was, that was your, your, your brother that uh, did that for you. Yeah. And, and for me, it was a life change. It was a uh, relationship change where it literally shook things up. Um, And, you know, so I know you spoke about some challenges related to your brother um, and some, some, you know, call them darker moments that you had until you saw some light. Um, But sometimes I believe we have to go through those to see the, the other Mm -hmm. side. You feel that way? Sometimes you have to hit bottom and to yeah. rise to the top. Somebody, know? somebody and told me many years ago, and I never forgot this. I left a job after like 26 years and it was yeah, part, most of it was you know my choice, uh, but it was time to go. And I said to him, I said, it's, it feels so weird. Like all these years is I grew up at this place. I mean, it was a, it was a big job, but it, it didn't support and didn't fit me anymore. And he said, well, when you're, when you're at your lowest point, it is when you're at your most humble point. And I never forgot that. It's like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I, I, I am humble. I'm open to receive all of that. Yeah. Uh, Nathan, how do we connect with you? Hey, I know you, you've got books um, that we can find on your website and you've got a number of different ways that we can connect with you. How do we do that? One of the best ways to do, if you're interested in a book or learning more about uh, what's in the book, is if you go to taketimetobe.com. That's taketimetobe.com. You can uh, find all kinds of information. You'll find our podcast. Steve and I have been doing podcasts for about three months now, and you'll find all of those on there and and maybe get some insight. And then you can also go to contactnathan.com, contactnathan.com, and there you'll see me as a professional speaker on stage, some short snippets, and you'll find all kinds of information on ways to get a hold of me about my personal and professional life. I'm an open book and those are the best ways to reach me. And my hope is that we, as the new year starts, that we set the intention that we start to focus more inwardly on ourselves, and that we take time to be love it. not to do. Always love talking with you. And uh, I'll set the intention looking forward next time we get together to uncover a lot of this stuff that uh, supports us all. Thank you so much, Nathan, for being with us today. Yes. Thank you, Steve. Have a nice day. You too. We'll be right back. Do you regret the past or worry about the future? Did you know that you can build resilience simply by focusing on what you do have and can do? Having an attitude of gratitude and taking time to be in every moment? My name is Nathan Hickman, and as a happiness pro at Task Pro and the author of the book, Take Time to Be, I want you to stop living in the cycle of the next day roller coaster. You can find me at taketimetobe.com and mycontactinformation.com. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. I came out in the 11th grade. Nobody was embracing you. The kids were cruel. It was very difficult to be gay. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. 
The hard part was determining that I was going to do it, but I definitely didn't do it alone. At age 30, with the help of her mentor, Carissa finished her high school diploma. I have a mentor, Maria. She convinced me to continue my education and to finish what I started to get my diploma. Just never judges. She's a true role model. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, go get it. You can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council.